This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. This is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Dan on from Intergage, and our topic is, at this moment, your employer brand and, which is bold, underlined, culture are mission critical. So what we're going to be talking about today is not one or the other. It's the combination of the two and how they've become, they've transcended into becoming mission critical. So why don't we do uh, some introductions? Dan, would you uh, introduce yourself and also uh, what you do at Intergage? Yeah, thanks, William. I appreciate you taking the time to sure. have the conversation. We've been we've been looking forward to it. Uh, so I am Dan Kessler. I'm the president at Energage, and we are a purpose-driven business. So we exist to make the world a better place to work together. Um, and we're really proud uh, to say that we're actually one of the first 20 B corporations in the world. There's thousands of B corps around the world that um, have purpose-driven businesses as well. And what we do uh, fundamentally is is build and brand top workplaces. So when you talk about the mission criticality of employer brand and uh, agree with your bold and underlying culture, um, that is really at the heart of what we do and what we think about every day. And and we're really excited to uh, to have this conversation with you today. Awesome. So prior to COVID. We, we would talk about employer brand and, and the, the reasons for spending money in it uh, tied to alumni and the candidate experience and employee experience and all that stuff. There, there's even conferences that kind of came about and some of that's kind of mellowed out, died out, et cetera. And uh, culture has always kind of been there. I've always had a problem with HR owning culture. So a personal bias of mine. Um so we've talked about culture, but I really think that our, our we've been shocked through the through COVID that a lot of people thought and and probably still do think to some degree that culture is the box, mm. the, the the place. And so I believe that fundamentally people have like really struggling with what what is culture. And so this the conversation. What I love about this is it's like okay, well you can't have one not the other. You can't have culture and not have an employer brand or you shouldn't so technically you can but you shouldn't so take us into these worlds let's talk about employer branding first what are you seeing when you look at the wonderful world of employer brand and branding what do you what are you seeing yeah so a couple things um i think in general when we look at the world of employer brand i think the 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 sort of good news if you will is that it seems that employers have figured out that it's really important to talk about your culture as part of your employer brand strategy. To your point, you know, we can, you know, all the, the, the words and the jargon, whatever, um, you know, it, it, you have a culture, the, uh, the, the employees, the candidates that you're talking to really care about what that culture is. And so you need to be communicating it. Right. 
What we found, um, the counter to that or the challenge is that our research suggests that employers are really struggling to do that effectively. Right. And there's actually a, um, a, a real disconnect that we've seen in our research between um, what the employee, what the employer perceives they're doing around communicating their culture versus how the job seeker experiences it. And so right. just to make that real for you and quantify that, we actually asked um, a set of employers and a set of candidates, um, you know, to what extent the company culture is clearly communicated in the hiring process. And I don't think you're going to be surprised by the results, which is that employers, right? What employers say, 80% of them, absolutely, right? 100%. We are clearly, yeah, exactly, right, exactly. Couldn't we are clearly communicating, couldn't be clearer. Yeah, 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 what could you miss? Um, whereas only 30% of the job seekers agree. And so, um, and, and so a massive disconnect there. And admittedly, well, you know, it's, it is tricky to, uh, to communicate culture because it can be perceived as this as this esoteric um, sort of concept to your point, or it can be very narrowly defined as as you know the ping pong table or whatever it is in the office. And I think our perspective on this is um, at least one really important vehicle to articulate that culture is through the voice of employee, right, right, and and allow your employees to tell the story of your culture, right? Slapping some things on your website, saying people are our greatest asset um, is, is, is virtually meaningless at this point in time. Um, and it's more about that authentic, raw, um, unique, quirky, uh, you know, perspective that's going to come through voice of employee feedback. And so that, that's really what we've honed in on is, as we think about what can be our unique value add to this challenge and opportunity that we see around employer brand. Yeah, 100 years ago, uh, Glassdoor put together an employer branding conference, and I was on stage, and uh, someone asked me, what is what is employer brand? And I said, it's a fingerprint. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no two that should be the same. What works at Zappos doesn't work at GM. What works at GM doesn't work at Tyco, et cetera. Like, it's got to be that specific to you and so she pushed me you know the 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 person else pushed me like but first of all that's fantastic and i'm gonna steal that b um yeah but what is it i said well it's the things that you'll allow and the, the things that you'll accept yeah. and the yes. things that you won't accept in every team, I mean, there's mi microcultures inside of a big yep. company. Of course, the sales team in New York is a little bit different than the sales team in Topeka. So certain things are accepted, and certain things aren't accepted, and that's fluid. And she she loved that. She like she got it. She's like, okay, be a. I wanted like a black and white answer. I still did. <laughs> still haven't gotten the black and white answer, but but at least I'm at least going down the path. And so it's evolved since then. And I think the pandemic you know, sped some things up. And I also, I would like to get your take on this. The audience, i.e. candidates have changed dramatically in terms of like their desires from a company. They want, as you know, they want speed. Yep. They want things that are highly personalized. They want companies that are fair. You know, they, they've got a list of needs, you know, don't negotiate with terrorists, but they've got a list of needs. And if you don't, you know, subscribe to their needs, then they're just going to move on to something else. Well, and it, it so yes, completely agree with all that. We see that in our data. And what what might be helpful just to kind of articulate that and, and sort of keep this theme of 
of employer brand and culture is let me just briefly kind of walk you through what what we measure. So you talk about, you know, um, how you define culture being, you know, the things that you're willing to tolerate, which which, again, completely resonate with that. Um, at the same time, we can quantify the dimensions of culture um, through the feedback we gather from employees. And, and right. we look at it almost like similar to a, um, to a Maslow's hierarchy of needs, yeah. essentially, yeah. which is, you know, the top of the pyramid is this concept of an, of an engaged employee, right? Which is, which is truly more of a mindset around, you know, I'm highly motivated. I'm loyal, right? I'm not, I'm not looking for another job. I'm even, I love this place so much that I'd bring in a friend. Um, and, and so when you have those things that, is getting that discretionary effort that everyone talks about. And, you know, our data and others proves that when you've gotten more engaged employees leads to better business results, just, you know, period, end of story. Um, now, the 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 other side of that is that notion of engagement is really an output, right? It's hard to impact those things around motivation, loyalty, referral. So, so what are the drivers of that? And I think this will get to uh, where you were going, which is what are what are, what does the employee want out of a company, and and it's what's interesting, William is is that answer actually changes when you're a candidate to when you're a, on the other side right. <laughs> when you're in right. So so the kind of base of of that of that pyramid is around um, what we we consider kind of a concept of almost are you fairly valued. Um, right. So a compensation, right. benefits, work-life flexibility, those kinds of dimensions. Those are really, really important when I'm a candidate. What's fascinating um, is once you're on the other side, they actually become less important, not unimportant, right? But relatively less important in terms of correlating to that ultimate goal of engagement. What 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 trades, uh, what takes its uh, place? So what takes its place is... Um, a, a number of things. The the first piece of it is really about my relationship with my manager. Right. And so what do I Got what it. do I want from my frontline manager? Right. What I want is I want to be appreciated. Yep. Um, I want them to listen to my ideas. I want them to care about me. And I want them to be um training me and and thinking about my growth, my potential, uh, and, and kind of where what I'm trying to achieve. So so there's a lot that we measure and look at around that manager employee relationship. And and we sort of I'd say we we somewhat agree with the fact that that companies uh that people leave, you know, that the whole you leave your manager not the company. That's somewhat true. Um and the reason I say somewhat true is because the other dimension that we look at is things that are really more um in control of of typically the executive leadership. So that's kind of the next dimension up, which is things like, um, are we clear on our direction? Do we have a set of core values? Is there a sense of meaning in our work, right? So that's kind of one dimension. And then the other dimension that executive teams can really impact is, um, you know, how does, how do we communicate, right? Do I, as a senior leader, understand what's actually going on? Do I, as a frontline employee, feel well-informed about important decisions that impact my role? And just frankly, is it, is it, is it easy? How easy is it to just get stuff done around here? Um, how do our, how do departments work together? And so um, when you talk about, uh, you know, that, that who owns culture, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so, you know, ultimately, everyone should be responsible for shaping right. the culture. And they do, actually. Right. And for better or worse, everyone is responsible for shaping the culture. But executive teams have an outsized influence on that culture. And and certainly HR plays a role in that. But I couldn't agree with you more that 
um, you, you know, the executive team needs to be bought in and and truly aligned um, on on the culture that they're willing to tolerate and the environment that they want to create for the team. And so, and the reason that sort of just kind of closing off on the on the manager thing are kind of sort of corollary to that you leave a manager versus the company is in a really strong culture, that crappy manager isn't going to make it because the culture won't tolerate it. That's right. That's right. You know, so so you're sure you're leaving the manager, but you're actually what you're really doing is you're leaving a company that didn't have a strong enough culture um, to, to get to, that manager to jettison. Out. Yeah, exactly. To jettison that That's exactly it. That's so exactly when, it. When you look at employer brand, um, and let's say there's a brand umbrella, and so there's a consumer brand yep. on, on somewhere on the other side. Is there a is there is it derivative of like there's a candidate brand, there's an employer brand, and there's an alumni brand? So elements elements that kind of cross uh, yes. all those things. Yeah. So so um uh I guess um First, first statement is that I do not fashion myself to be an overall brand expert. We are employer brand experts, and that's what we think a lot about. Right, 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 right. Our, our sort of point of view on it is that, I guess, ideally or perhaps even aspirationally, there should be some thread um, to that you know, consumer market-facing right. commercial brand, the alumni brand, the employer brand. Yes. I think where the world is at maybe more realistic and where employers are at more realistically is I think step one is just putting that thought and energy into what that authentic employer brand even is. Just living um, that. Just, just living it. Cause, cause we see two, there's too many companies who are still either, either just not doing anything, frankly, they're silent on it, but they're deferring to a glass door right. um, and getting a, a flawed perspective on their employer brand and allowing that to tell the story for them. Or, you know, they're just putting kind of generic buzzwords out there um, and, or, and statements that, that don't really have any substance to them and that aren't unique to the company. And so that to us is step one. And then, and in theory, you know, I guess, William, that should, if that doesn't connect to your commercial brand, like there's probably something <laughs> like, it's like, it, yeah. it should connect, right? Like the, the leg bone should connect to the hip mm-hmm. bone somehow, some way. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's fascinating um, because, you know, when, when people think about culture and they think about employer brand, it's thinking about those like, okay, like I think of it like a DNA strand or, or a coin. They're, they're, you flip it over, one's employer brand, one's culture. Great. They've got to be aligned with a DNA strand kind of visualization exercise. These things have to be aligned and in lockstep with one another. And the discussions I have with recruiters, so I've got three different discussions with vendors and with uh, HR with recruiters. The discussion I have with recruiters is like, if something's aspirational, uh, be it your employer brand or your culture or something in in the mix, then tell the candidate it's aspirational. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's OK. Which is you're, OK. It's totally yeah. OK. Yes. We're, we're not. We aspire to be here. That's I mean, you just add a couple words in front of it. And you tell the candidate, make sure you understand we're not there yet. So when you get the job and you're and you're working, I don't want you to get frustrated because we're not there yet. But with your help and with a, the help of a lot of other folks, we can push this boulder. You know, you know it's, it, it, I love it. I love it because, you know, something that we, we actually think about that internally for us, right? This is our business, right? Well, yeah. like we are in the business of culture and employer brand. And so sometimes when folks interview with us, 
they, you know, have this sort of like, you know, mythical or utopian version of our culture. And we're always like, <laughs> I hate to I hate to break the news to you, uh, friend. But, you know, unfortunately, we're just a bunch of human beings trying to figure things out as well. Right. And and therefore, there are these elements of our culture that are more aspirational. But by the way, we're going to tell you what we're aspiring for. And, you know, we're going to be working on that every single day as a team. And we want you to be a part of that. But I, you know, you, you've, I'm sure you're probably familiar with, um, you know, the concept of, of a core value is truly core when it can actually do harm. Right. And, and one of the things right. for us, one of our core values is helpfulness and, um, you know, we'll be so helpful, uh, that we'll lose money on a customer. Right. <laughs> we'll we'll right. be so helpful, right. Right. um, that will, uh, you know, not allow someone to figure something out for themselves, say, right? And so that's how we know that that helpfulness is is truly core for us. Um, whereas you can define an aspirational value um, for us, it's we want to be more and more innovative, right? And so we feel we're pretty innovative, but we we have more room to to um, to go there. And so we talk about that. And and so I think it's just to your point, it's just critical to. Um, and that gets back to that authenticity, that if you can be authentic about the employee experience and what's actually going on, people are going to trust you more. And frankly, they're going to be a better um, employee when they come in because they know what they're getting themselves into. That's right. right? There's no surprises. There should be no surprises. It's, exactly. It's, uh, two things. One, when I talk to recruiters about that, they kind of get it. Right. When I talk to HR, they're like, yeah, we can't do that. Mm. Like I, there's, there is a wall that I know that recruiters, corporate recruiters in particular, they hate, they face, and I'm not blaming HR. I'm just saying they don't want to talk about it as an aspirational. They want to talk about it as it is that, that, that it, even if they're not that way, like say fairness, they're not there. They want to be there. They want to say they're there. And, and so the rub sometimes internally is that recruiters want to tell candidates the truth, if you will, yeah, and talk about aspirational versus versus uh, you know life at this company, etc. HR doesn't doesn't like that. By and large, I'm just painting with a big giant yep. brush now. Yeah, no, of course, of course. The, and go ahead, keep going. No, the 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 thing that I've done in hiring for a long time is I start off with all the bad news. <laughs> So <laughs> mine's kind of a shock and awe type of strategy when, when we're, when I'm hiring someone, it's like, let me tell you all the things that we failed at just in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to, my purposely, I'm going to try to scare you out of taking this job because I'm going to lay it all out there. Hey, listen, here's the deal. Blah, 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 blah. Let it all out. I mean, all I'm going to try to repel you. You've gotten to this place. I'm going to try and repel you. And if you then can understand all that and in, and, and it's okay and you understand where we are on our journey and you want to be a part of it, okay, then there's no surprises. Like that's the worst thing that can happen to a freshly minted employee is that it's not what they were sold. So what's so interesting about that is one thing that surprised us because one of the things that we do with companies is we take, again, that voice of employee feedback and we help them share that with with um with candidates right and so our assumption um was well they'll really want you know we capture positive constructive everything right. in between right, right. and right. so our assumption was though most companies will want to 
um, really just focus on the positive, right? They won't want to do the shock and awe approach and share the things <laughs> they're working on. And what has pleasantly surprised us is that more companies than you might think, again, and this maybe it's a it's a selection bias, the ones we're talking to are saying, yes, of course, we want to say positive, share the positive things, but we're willing to say, you know, here's some things that we're working on. Um, and, and we just thought that was that 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 was really cool because it's it's exactly where you're going, which is yes, let's celebrate the positive. Because um, by the way, every culture, every organization that we talk to, there's good stuff going on, right? People aren't right, sitting right. in a room thinking, how can we make our employees' lives miserable today? <laughs> um, you know, like let let's figure that out. It's like no people, you know, for in the most, I'm sure maybe there's a couple of cases where that's happening, yeah, but yeah. in the yeah, vast, yeah. vast majority of organizations out there, people are trying to do right um, you know, by the team. And uh and it's just kind of again, how do you articulate that in a way that is authentic to your organization and your culture and your business and your goals? So as people listen to this podcast, they're going to listen to it, get the nuggets that they need to get out of it. But one thing that, you know, will come up is how, how do, how do they know where they're at on their journey of yeah. putting these two things together? Like, how yep. do they figure that out? Like, okay, we're better than we thought we are, or mm, actually it's worse than yep. we thought. So, so for us, that is really at the heart of what we do and, and obviously starts with measurement. Um, so, so what we do is, you know, through our data, we're able to give every company a single number, a workplace experience score that articulates where they stand. And we give them the opportunity to earn recognition based on how they stack up. So we recognize top workplaces all over the country. We're really excited, William, and that we have a new partnership with USA Today. So we're going to be publishing top workplaces USA, um, in, uh, the spring of 2024 and every year um, moving forward. And so for us, it's about taking that assessment, understanding where, where you stand. You know, if there's something to celebrate, shout it from the rooftop. Um, and if there's not something to celebrate, we're going to help you figure out, you know, one, how to find some positive things to articulate about your culture. And for every company, we're going to help you continue on that path to improvement. Um, and to be in the, you know, be in the culture and, and having the brand that you want. But for us, it all starts with that voice of employee and employee feedback being the thread that ties it all together. Drops mic, walks off stage. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much. This has been an absolutely wonderful conversation. Thanks for educating uh, our audience. Thank you so much, William. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.